Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the podcast here at Southern Scrap Nation. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas. On Monday, November 16th, 2020, Charlotte, North Carolina, it is sunny and kind of cold, so cool. Awesome. Not like we were fucking 70-degree weather, 80-degree weather last week. The week before, it was like 50s. This week, it's cold again. Uh, everyone going to get sick. Um, I didn't do a podcast last Wednesday because it's kind of embarrassing how how stagnant everything's become as far as MMA news. It's I mean, it's the end of the year, so like the tail end of the year. The uh, Unless it's the big, which I don't even think we have a big end of the year fight card. I think it's just... Yeah, we don't really have a big end-of-the-year fight card lined up yet. So right now it's that lull. It's the it's the end-of-the-year lull. You're not going to get a lot of... You're not going to get a lot of, like, big fights coming up. I mean, we have two flyweight division fights as far as championship. But it's that weird time, man. Everyone's just trying to get their... The businesses are just trying to get their shit in um, and sell what they can and wait till the next uh, next year. So for right now, we'll go over what happened this past weekend. Last week, I mentioned that Ismail, uh, Islam Makachev wasn't going to be the main event and Paul Felder stepped in for him, which good for Rafael Dos Anjos in a way. Paul Felder, man, what a – I mean, just to give you an example, four UFC fighters in that car didn't make weight. Paul Felder made it on weight on five days, and all those other guys had full camps. So going back to what I was saying, how end of the year is kind of lackluster, we had 10 fights on the card. I don't know how many fights were canceled. Just it's the holidays. People, especially now, uh, this is probably the last car or next, uh, the next card. Even then, we'll see, we'll see how many people make it to wait next weekend. But the weekend after that, we'll see how many people make wait because it's the holidays. Like, it's about Christmas time. For those in the United States, it's going to be Thanksgiving. And I know that a lot of places aren't doing Thanksgiving in the United States, but wink, wink, shrug, shrug. I don't know. Maybe, maybe people are going to enjoy themselves uh, and hang out with their families. I'm sure they will. Um, but when it comes down to the fights, uh, yeah, it's that weird time of year. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fight cards and there's a lot of opportunities to fight, but it's kind of, it's kind of lackluster. I mean, UFC 220 or 255 is a pay-per-view with the men's flyweight and the women's flyweight. Who's going to buy that? I don't know anyone of my friends that even knows that this fight's going to happen. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people out there that love Valentina Shevchenko, and she has a huge following. But I don't think those people are buying pay-per-views for her. Same thing with, like, Davidson Figueredo just got his – he just got his belt, and he was supposed to fight Cody Garbrandt, which super fight works. It it builds hype. Cody's got a lot of fans, and he's got a lot of fans from over the years that maybe could could become Davis and Figueredo fans. Um, a lot of guys from there could 
the Team Alpha Male guys, they definitely buy the pay-per-view kind of thing, you know? Friends of friends of friends. But other than that, on the card, there's not a lot of... There's a lot of turnaround. Caitlin Chukagian getting another fight really rapidly after her Jessica Andrade fight, trying to fight Cynthia Calvillo to get her name back in there because Jessica Andrade came up from nowhere in straw weight. Or, uh, <clears throat> yeah, straw weight. And, you know, body shotted Caitlin Chukagian and took that number two spot. You have Mike Perry versus Tim Means. That's a great fight. Not gonna lie, Mike Perry is not looking too great as far as as far as like I don't know if that's what he's working on in camp, but it's a lot of hooks and Tim Means is long. Doesn't mean Mike can't starch him, but you know. And then you have a rematch in Shogun Hua and Paul Craig. Like this card in itself, there there's not a lot of selling factor. Okay, you got Joaquin Buckley, the return of him against Jordan Wright, who who I think is a more polished, undefeated fighter than Joaquin's last fight. So that idea of this viral knockout that's going to happen again, I don't see that. But there are a lot of good guys on the card, like Kyle Dukakis, um, Al, Al Joban and Jared Gordon. Or, oh, Jared Gooden, never mind. Uh, Alan Joban is fighting. Yeah, Jared Gordon's a featherweight. Alan Joban's coming back. Either way, maybe he'll bring some people. Um, Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Revola. I thought Brandon Moreno was probably a better idea for the flyweight main event. Not to not to take away from Alex Perez, but you know, and then Daniel Rodriguez was supposed to fight Brian Barberina, but now he's fighting Nicholas Dalby. Which I think is a really good fight. The Nicholas Dalby, Daniel Rodriguez fight. I just don't see it breaking even 500,000 as far as pay-per-view buys. So we'll... It's tough. This end of the year is tough. Plus the COVID stuff, it's real tough. It's tough to put anything together. But we'll talk about what happened this past weekend. Um, before we do, remember sunscrapnation.com, sunscrapnation.com. Podcast on all your listening apps and devices. Southern Scrap Nation, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and then social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I know this is a audio medium, and I'll probably keep, I mean, I'll most likely keep it as an audio medium as far as what I'm, like, the the presentation I'm giving it. Eventually, coming soon... I mean, next year, beginning of next year, I have to go get the furniture for the for the room, or actually, maybe before next year. Um, I'll have my office. I'll be able to do video and do screen grab and everything like that. But and I'll put it on YouTube. I'm not ask, or maybe I'll even just put it on my page for a, through a paywall or something because I'm going to use footage. But, um, yeah, not, not much as far as this is concerned is going to change. It's going to be a lot more audio. Or it's gonna, just going to stay audio. Um, I don't. I like this as like a sports radio show. Like you listen to it in your car on the way to work, on the way home from work. 
I don't really want a big production thing. I like to just talk it out. I don't really care about the visual. Plus, for me, when I listen to podcasts, it's mostly just listening to podcasts. I find the the videos are kind of distracting unless they're pointing to something and they have screen recording. If it's just two people talking and they're they're not inserting anything on it, and at that point, that's like a TV show. To me, that's like a TV show. When you watch, well, Rogan doesn't. I guess when you watch like a Rogan or something, people that are more willing to, when they put the video in the corner and you can see what they're watching on their TV and they start talking about it and they've got a host or a guest or whatever, to me, that's almost like a TV show. You might as well just chalk it up to that. I mostly just like using my words and articulating a little bit more than having to always dive to, yeah, and watch this and then silence as you guys are watching and then, you know. So, anyway... I will be doing video, but it's still catering to this audio audio medium. All right. So as far as the fights this past weekend, main event, uh, well, prelims, we had like four fights. Uh, shout out to Tony uh, Gravely buddy of mine, former training partner in jiu-jitsu. He got his first UFC in the octagon win. He won and got contracted Dana White Contender Series. And then he just got a hard-fought, hard-fought win against Geraldo De Freitas Jr. I mean, tall, lanky versus wrestler. Tony's chain wrestling really made the difference. Because Tony's got great jujitsu. It's definitely not this guy's level, but he's got a, enough understanding and has enough has had enough time in there that he has a lot of anti jujitsu. And I knew it was gonna t- it was gonna take a minute for him to wear this guy down because he's taking a lot of shots in the first round. But by the third round, he really exhausted. But he was exhausted too, so it kind of you know. But he landed these three nice right hands in a row at the end of the fight. Yeah. Geraldo outstruck him, but Tony landed seven takedowns. So, out of 17. Um, so, congrats. Congrats, Tony. And then... K, or so let's start the main event. So Kay Hansen versus Corey McKenna, both 21-year-old um, standouts in the women's strawweight division. So the, the tale of the tape is outstriking, but with just like... <coughs> sorry. So outstriking, but just... Minimally in total strikes. Significant strikes, K still held the significant strikes. Takedowns, K held the takedowns, and then submission attempts. In this kind of fight, the submission attempts, in my mind, are going are gonna to matter more. Because these total strikes that Corey landed, she didn't outland any significant strikes. To me, as much as they caused damage... Submission attempts outweighed, in my opinion, the damage of those strikes. 
like little tiny patter shots. Yeah, they hurt, but these are 115 pound girls. Not taking away anything away from them, but if you're racking up a total of almost 300 strikes, you're in the lower weight classes. Unless you're some freak athlete that's heavyweight or very undersized. Same thing with the significant strikes. So to me, the control and the two takedowns plus the two submissions or at least attempts, that to me arguably is more impressive. And the fight, she was also dictating the pace a little bit more. So I don't know if she got robbed. I just personally think that Kay won that fight. But what I did find out during the fight that she... I mean, this is all prior to what's happening now in the world. But find out that Kay Hansen was going to be... She got a softball scholarship. They're both 21. Got a softball scholarship to Harvard. And she turned it down to pursue fighting. Now, I'm not here to judge anyone. I don't know how much that spot, I don't know how much that softball scholarship, you know, pays off for Harvard. And to be honest, she's probably making more money now because of COVID and sucks for those people that go to Harvard now because you're still paying the same amount of money, but everything's online. So I guess who's the real winner? But at the time, you know, it's kind of crazy that you choose fighting over going to Harvard. Maybe it's something that she thinks she can do later on in life or whatever. I don't know what the case is, but fucking heck. Like, <laughs> um, like you can still go to college and fight. I mean, Sage Norcutt did it. Like, you can still do that. I don't know why you have to give everything up. You could, I mean, maybe it was you could only go to Harvard if you take the softball sponsorship, but you don't want to do softball anymore. And it's like, well, I can't pay for it, so I'm not getting in. But, or, you know, uh, um, grades-wise. But still, you know, still. But I guess who's laughing now? Because... Uh, they're throwing fights on every weekend. And then in catchweight, Sean Strickland looked fantastic against Brendan Allen. Um, it was at 195. I think they someone missed someone must have missed weight. Uh, I'll look I'll look into it. Let's see. So the least smokers. Where are all? Okay. Three fighters miss weight. So I know the co-main miss weight. Eric Honor. Okay, okay. So those three miss weight. Basically, two of the fights that didn't happen, one of them missed weight. And then the one fight that did happen, the guy lost. Which... Crazy. Doesn't usually happen that way. So then we go into the women's strawweight. You had Ashley Yoder versus Miranda Granger. Ashley Yoder, um, yeah, takedowns. 
takedowns, strikes, submission attempts. She's got great jiu-jitsu. I saw her compete at Masters Worlds at Brown Belt. So just to give you guys an idea, that means she spends quality time on the mats as she's going out there. And and she won. I'm pretty sure she won one of her matches. Um, that means she puts quality time in jiu-jitsu. You know, over time, she may not put it in the hands as much. But if she's doing Masters Worlds and winning, makes sense why she's got that many submissions, att- submission attempts, takedowns, yada, yada, yada. Hard fought. Hard fought decision. And then welterweight, Callan Chaos Williams, man. Kalen K- Chaos Williams. I mean, in a fight where you see two guys with the same amount of knockout power, I mean, it's a welterweight. And then the one guy that comes in overweight, either he over dehydrate or he he over he overcut and then fucked his body up and then couldn't and like just couldn't get those that weight down. I think it's like by five pounds. He probably just he probably dehydrated himself too to try to get all that weight and he just couldn't. Uh, or he was just over two and was like, fuck, taking, fuck, just take the 30% and then ate whatever he wanted. Who knows? But Chaos Williams went in there and was throwing heat with the leg kicks. And then Abdul decided to throw a leg kick of his own, except he did not measure distance and range. And the angle was perfect. Everything lined up. Chaos. I don't even know what shot he hit him with, but it was a short, stuffed, and smothered right hand that went right through the guard, right to the chin. And that man was out for at least five minutes after the announcements. three Or five minutes after the punch, like three minutes after the punch. They announced he was the winner, and Chaos Williams was leaving the octagon as Razak Alassane was waking up. Oof. You guys got power. I don't know how many... Uh, I don't really know much about him. All I know... Okay, so he beat Alex Morano, who fought on this card, got a decision win. Act, uh, it's the second first-round knockout, so in short time. The Ox Fighter. Damn. We're about the same age. Well, we are the same age. I'm actually older than he is. I'm older than this guy? God damn. All right. Um, and then in the main event, we had Paul Felder versus Rafael dos Anjos. Originally supposed to be Islam Akachev, so very contrasting in styles. Shout out to Paul Felder for going out there. I mean, he was trying. He was training for triathlon, so it kind of gave me that Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz vibe, where like Nate's always in shape and he knows how to fight, so it makes sense for him to come late, late notice. Actually, funny that that that's mentioned. So like, this is Rafael was supposed to fight Islam. Pulled out five days' notice, just like Hoff- or Connor was supposed to fight Rafael dos Anjos, and pulled out on five days' notice. 
or maybe short, or maybe longer. Mm. Shorter, 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 shorter. And then you have okay. So then Paul Felder comes in, looks fantastic. His hands, his technique, crisp. But it's just that difference in in ground. The takedowns, twenty two takedowns, lands six of them. He lands some good shots, like his uh, Huffell's left hand was awesome. Going right down the pipe on Paul. Usually it knocks it knocks people out more. I mean, it was a great fight for a guy coming in short. I mean, it was way closer. Paul's announcing that he's not done fighting, which is fine. But, man, I'd love to see him now with a full camp. <laughs> but if that's... that. To me, that shows that maybe Rafael was going to get stomped out by his Islam. Because well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's just the veteran savvy of Paul Felder and that triathlon just cardio. But if you're going against a guy with five days to f- five days notice, even though he's very he's an analyst and he's smart and he, he's done, he's done the dance a couple of times under the big lights, but you've had all this time to prepare for a fight. This guy comes in here and makes it close. I wonder what that means for the guy that was supposed to make the fight and had all that training and is supposed to be the new big guy. So with that being said though, what's next for Rafael dos Santos? Because being in, being in the lightweight division now, you're seeing a comeback from a lot of guys. Uh, Paul Felder, for one. Ooh. Cowboy Cerrone said he's making his light, his lightweight. He's going back to lightweight to ch- go after that belt. So Paul Felder was nine. Oh, wait, no, okay, no, okay. So, Rafael Dos Anjos is now five. So, what's next for him? Well, he's definitely not touching any of those guys. Well, no, he's not. He's four? Because Khabib's not. Well, I guess Khabib's not officially out of the rankings yet. Charles Oliveira or Dan Hooker is a good fight. Diego Fajeda is a great fight. I mean, you could put him against almost everybody. But Neil Dariush is fighting somebody. Or maybe you just give him the Islam Makachev fight. Give him the fight that he was supposed to have. But man, now that he's that high in the rankings, Dan Hooker is not looking like a bad idea. <coughs> just because he holds a win over Paul. Not the greatest win, but he holds a win over Paul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for Paul Felder, I guess it's just getting back up in the ring. He feel he felt good. I mean, you could do Paul versus anybody. Charles Oliveira, Benil Darius, Kevin Lee. You just can't do it against a cowboy. Which I don't know who Cowboy would fight if he got 
Look how many people are lightweight. Like, I know a lot of, like, I'm not saying that these guys aren't worth fighting. But maybe they'd be better in other other promotions. Like, spread the wealth around. Oh, Michael, that's right, Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler's uh, possible addition. They've got a top 77 of lightweight. And don't get me wrong, like, I know some of the, like, as far, not personally, not personally, no, but, uh, well, actually, personally, no, some of them. Um, But, like, as far as seeing, like, Bobby Green, for example. I love Bobby Green. Love Thiago Moises. I mean, Thiago Moises was he and uh, Bobby had their uh, had a fight last, but twenty three, twenty five. I just think maybe in a different in a different promotion, so you can get your names built, and then you have like yeah, Islam Makachev's number fifteen. Maybe you do that. Maybe you do the top fifteen. Of every division, for the UFC at least. I'm going to keep harping on this point. I'm going to keep coming back to it because until they start making changes, it is hard to start getting. I mean, I love the UFC for, for putting on fights every weekend during all this, but the lull is here. Like, you feel the lull, like, especially with news. The news is terrible. You had MMA fighting, uh, a news source that I typically use. Come out and use the words rematch for Connor and Hafa Dos Anjos. They never even fought. Everyone's kind of, I feel like people are kind of burned out by it. Shout out to Terrence Crawford, though, uh, getting a fourth round knockout of Kell Brook. That was fantastic. He went out there orthodox, which he usually doesn't do unless he's trying to knock someone's head off. Um, Kell Brook was, you know, batting him away with a jab. And seeing the... And he was doing well. And then he and then Terrence comes out in the southpaw, I think in the third round. And then he showed the real reason why he's just way better. He shut... Kelbrook down. He Kelbrook had a gam or had a plan A, and then Terrence Crawford's like, "Well, what's your plan B?" And he didn't have one. He didn't have one for the southpaw, and he was getting clipped with the the right hand over the, the lead hand over the top until finally he got a jab right on the inside. Because in any kind of martial art, whether it be grappling, striking, or the mix of both, inside control is always more important. All right? Outside control is great, but inside control allows you to actually control. Outside control is great for landing power power shots because if you're outside, you're out of the range of something and allows you to hit someone with something. But when you're in a situation like inches especially with those especially with straight punches and the jabs and the crosses, right? When you're going against the southpaw, that lead hand's more powerful on the inside than it is outside because you're clipping 
and the person can put the their shoulder up to pretty much negate anything coming up over the top, like a, a lead hook over your lead arm. It ha- I'm not saying it doesn't happen. And, and Terrence Crawford was using that. But what really got him was, which most people are taught, if you go against the southpaw, it's a battle of the lead foot. The lead foot on the outside is allowed to throw their power hand, and the other person can't touch them with theirs. But if you go lead foot on the inside, it allows you to lead uppercut following and allows you to allows you to start with your lead hand and put together a combination. Well, Terrence Crawford didn't have to do that. He just kind of touched him with the jab, and he sat him down. And then once you're hurt, you're going to get finished. He's one of the best finishers in boxing. So... <coughs> Oh, sorry, folks. Um, I will say, Caitlin Vieira versus Yana Kunitskaya rebooked for February 20th. That's a great fight. But in February 2021. I'm not going to believe in 2021 until 2020 is really over. RDA puts on suffocating performance to beat Paul Felder. I mean, I guess he was still beating him with his hands a little bit. And then, yeah, he wrestled him and held him down. But, yeah, it's the way it's the way he beat Anthony Pettis. Congrats, guys. Rafael Dos Anjos beats Paul Felder the way he beats. He beat his teammate years ago. He put the fighter on the back foot a little bit more. I'm going to read this article. From a strong striking attack to relentless ground game, Dos Anjos largely dominated Paul Felder for the better of five rounds. Okay. Then explain this to me. How was it relentless? And what type of... I mean, obviously, it was relentless because of the number of takedowns he went on. But if someone is spamming takedowns, that means they don't want to fight you. Believe it or not. Um... That's why Israel la- uh, smiled when Paulo tried to clench him. That means he doesn't want to get hit. To me, that doesn't, doesn't mean he's doing well. And yeah, he got Paul down to the ground and he held him down. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I just think Felder with a full camp, I think, finishes Dos Anjos. I just think, yeah, it's the grappling. It's that one aspect that Paul's not the best at, and then he didn't take a whole training camp to work on it, so his cardio for it wasn't the greatest. But at the end of every round, he was there. He, Yeah, he has a couple cuts and stuff because of the scar tissue. But, man, like, it just wasn't uh, – people want to call it a suffocating performance to beat Paul Felt. To me, it seemed kind of – ugh. 
Like, make a statement, my man. Of course you're happy with your five-day performance. You didn't miss weight. You went in there, and you and you really and you held your own, and Huffville couldn't dominate you. Right? He's coming back talking about how he wants to do a title run. You should be dominating Paul Felder if you think so. Not beating him barely at five days' notice. Not that it was barely. It was a decision, but you know what I mean? I think it's more of a win for Paul than it is for Rafael Dos Anjos. Khabib's still in USADA. The Yancey Madeiros is hilarious. You saw it showing up at his door during sex. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, Tony versus Michael Chandler. I think that's what he's he's aiming towards. And fights that were announced. Marab Dejafili versus uh, Hani Barcelos, the guy that just won on the, his last fight card. Um, Wellington Truman or Terman, Terman versus Ali Shakab. Sh- Sh- uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is he 13 or no? It's a, it's a good number. And then Thiago Santos versus Alexander Rakic, which is a great fight. I think that if Alexander Rakic wins that, there you go. Title shot. All right. So other than that, <coughs> sorry, folks. Told you. Change weather really fucks everyone up. I wonder when Yancy Medeiros is going to fight again. And that's about it. Okay, cool. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alistair Overeem is supposed to be fighting someone. Hmm. Okay, Alistair Overeem. Headline fight. Against Alexander Volkov, Super Bowl weekend. Fuck yeah, that's a great fight. All right, um, before I go, let's check bjpen.com because that's fun. Damn. Um, Sergey Karatanov suffers broken orbital following vicious assault from UFC fighter Adam Yandev. Where was this? Oh, shit. There's a video. Parus Fighting Championship. This is the last fight. Oh, he he lent this dude money, the UFC fighter. Lent, or Sergey lent the UFC fighter money.
also added that one of these loans was to help Yandev escape a violent feud in Russia to go train in Thailand. Oh, he was wearing brass knuckles. God damn. That's fucked up. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck, comma, that guy. Fuck, comma, that guy. That's what I, that's what I mean. All right, on that note, um, that's all I have for you guys today. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Remember, go check out SunscrapNation.com. SunscrapNation on all listening platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, podcast app, wherever you can find this podcast. SunscrapNation.com. SunscrapNation on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. SunscrapNation.com. That's all I got for you. Hope to hear from you, or hope you guys have a great week. I'll be back later to break down the fights this weekend. Until then, stay safe. Peace.